evening. Uh, somebody noted that a chumash, which is a, a rarity in this year, we are allowed occasionally to go back. Barak every ten years, uh, we're allowed a little bit of a vault. Forgive me for saying a vault, but the one time I do say is actually on last week's parasha. Um, but it's a vault I came across over over Shabbos, and it's it's extremely pertinent when it comes to Dine Teira and understanding the psychology that's often involved in the machleks in between parties. In last week's parasha, the Apostle tells us, in Perik Zayin, Apostle Yud Gimel, the Apostle says, B'etzim ayim azeh bo noyach v'shem v'chom v'yofes, ne noyach v'eishis noyach v'shreishis n'sheibonov itzom and atzevo. B'etzim ayim azeh, in the middle of the day, Noach and his whole mishpacha came into the table. Rashi tells us a remarkable thing. It says Rashi, If we do get to see Noach going into the table, now, if we would write what comes next, then presumably, if we're not familiar with Rashi, then we'd say, listen, for, you know, all these uh, decades and decades and decades, Neach has been busy warning us the end of the world is near, etc., etc. And one day there's going to be a flood and a marble, and I'm preparing this teva, and God bringing all save humanity into this ark. So, eventually it's getting closer and closer. The teva gets the completion. Neach brings along all the animals. He begins loading them up. So, so, you'd think if they say, you know what, all these years we've mocked him, we sure the guy's, you know, Meshigna. But if something's in it, then what? Then Pasha should say, then we're going to make a scramble for the doors. Right? If Taka there's something in this, we're going to run for the doors to try to, to be on that flight, so to speak. But that's not what the Medrash says. It says the Medrash, then onu shavin oiso, vahorigin oiso. Then we're going to smash the table and we're going to kill him. It makes no sense. Also, you don't believe the whole thing is going to happen to begin with. But if it is going to happen, so you're not saying that we're going to try and save ourselves. You recognize that not everyone's going to be able to fit onto this, onto this one, one uh, table with, with the limitations it has. But one thing for sure. Him, he's not going to get away with it. That, that we can't fuck in. We can't manage to survive that, 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 the, the concept that he's going to survive and we're going to die. That, that we can't handle. You know, if we all die, that we can handle. But uh, he should survive. After all these years where we've been mocking him and he should end up being right and be able to walk away with it and, and we don't survive. That stuck is something which is too difficult to bear. And in fact, you find a very similar concept in Parashas Kisetzi. Sorry, in Parashas Shavtim, in the Parashas Kisetzi HaMechom HaLivecho. And there the Torah tells us different people who are part of them going into to war. So the Apostle before already so, so yes, I'm familiar how it carries on. But I'm saying if you would stop the posik where you think the posik would be saying, then you'll say this person is going to go to battle and he's going to be dying the whole time that I've got this new house, I've got this new wife, I've got this new kerem, and, 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 and I'm not going to get to be nerne from it, Bechlal. And that daiger is going to be what distracts him at war, and that's, that's something which the Torah isn't prepared to put him at risk in such a manner. But that's not the risk. That's not what's going to stay him in Muhammad. What's going to stay him in Muhammad, as the Pesach says, Vish Ashe Yichanchen, Vish Ashe Yichalenu, Vish Ashe Yichachenu. 
That's what shtez. It shtez is, you know, you think about it, a person, son, he's worried that if Chasram, he gets killed, and his wife is going to get left alone, you'd think the Daigo will be, and she's going to be left alone, who's going to look after her? And forget, you tell him someone's going to come along and actually look after you, you don't need to worry about that, that should be in a Chomel. No, that's not in a Chomel. For him, but that, and then someone else is going to go and get to marry the wife that I never got to, to, to marry, that, that is something that, that's she gave Correct. So she if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. Yeah. So, so we, we find this musig that, that, that people psychologically sometimes get to a situation where they lose track of necessarily what's in their best interest, but it's about yen and not getting more. I, I, I saw one of the, the, um, Bali Musa said a very, uh, true observation. He said that many times, especially in the old days in the shtetl, you know, people used to save up, used to buy a cow. One cow. It's a lot of money. And then you go and shecht it. And after you shecht it, you've got to be baidik it. Now you can be baidik, in those days they'd be baidik on the race, they'd be baidik the lungs, it could take ages, they could then take it to the rob, you could be looking at it for, for, for an hour or two till he mummish paskins, is it kosher, is it glatz, is it treif? Nowadays you go to a shkita and you know, there's, there's, there's a minute or two at most on each set of lungs, although it's not, it's not shaykh, you know, uh, for the, for the, speed that you're going through and if you, if you can't do it in that time then, then finish it's trade move next said that the, 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 this, uh, ob- this this Rav made observation he once had a din and in the din he passed and Reuben was hired to pay Shimon X amount of money and Reuben went ballistic mamish clawless and, and shrying and, and, and how terrible and corrupt and all the all the times in the world and the Rav said, "Ech v'shteinish." He said, "I don't understand. I passed him for you before, over your behemoth that it was treif. It was a shaila. It was ends the shaila, and I passed him. That it was treif. The money that lost you was far more than the money you're losing now in the entire. So, but you have a munasachomim. When I passed him for you, the animals treif. You don't start giving me clawless and, and, and everything else. You're prepared to be makabel. That's Yiddishkeit. You win some, you lose some. I'm finished. But now I'm passing a psak, which is it's causing you less." Hefzad, then this psak, and yet, now all of a sudden you lose it. Terence is why? Because Yen is gaining. He is walking away with the money that I can't, that I can't, I can't handle. It's not my hefzad. I'm going on a sechomim and, 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 and that's the way it goes. But yet, when Yen gains, that's something which is tough, sometimes very difficult to bear. And, and, and this musig in, in, uh, human, uh, psychology or however you want to define it, is something which is very useful when dealing with machlekes generally, and, and, and denitaria, mediation, etc. Because often you have where a person is coming up with a taina, and if you take him at face value, then you'll sometimes have trouble understanding why is that a genuine taina. It doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't seem to even be in the person's best interest. But if you take a step back and you bear this concept in mind, then and, and sometimes you prod. I had a case th- this week. They're trying to, to mediate a, a machlekes has been going on for years and years and years. And, and, and it's pulling down everyone involved. Everyone involved is mamash losing, they're losing nuchsa nefesh, they're losing money, they're losing reputation, everything. And, and it's a narish kite. By now, what, what it's been narrowed down to, the, the remaining things that need to be resolved are, are mamish something that should be simple to wrap up. And I couldn't get my head around, why is it so complicated? It's nonsense. You know, now, after all this, I'm never nonsense. Until eventually, after pushing and prodding, the person was made a, he said, I can't have it that they walk away winning more than I won. I can't. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I can't. If I look in the grand scheme of things, if, if I give in on this, then, then, then in, the, I, what you're losing, you know, I'll keep fighting. They'll get this, instead of this, first we'll go to court, 
spends another thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in court when when that the amount is a fraction of that amount. But yeah, but then so judge Pastant. But I should give in and they walk away with I can't I have pushed them be Mavata on so much already, if I have to do on that as well, Chenish. Chenish. And it's and it's 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 a pella. Odin correlates not so and you know uh, when a person deals with other people when they've got their negiyas, it's a pachad because his mamish gets to see negiyas at play, and 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 you know we 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 all wonder how does our own negiyas affect our own perception of different situations. Like upon him, I'd come for the Muslim. but uh, it, it's 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 a true observation that one gets to see in in, in these areas uh, very often. Correct with the babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Moving back on to our shaila, uh, which we, we've been off now for a, a, a period of time, we are dealing now with a new area, relatively new area. The last two shulim have been on a new area, which is the area of financial uh, rights between husbands and wife, with relevant to a, no, a number of different areas. So it's relevant to areas of what women bring into our marriage, um, the nixim look, how that works, our pihalacha nowadays. Looking for more sheets. Um, let's see if we've got on this page. It will be. It will be this sheet. It will be this sheet in a minute. Um, it's basically, you know. I've only got this one spare. It will be going on to this one. Okay. And and we, we dealt specifically with a, a, a shaila which brings in a number of the different nukudas together. And the shaila was regarding a, a, a woman who brought in, uh, um, when she got married, it was understood, agreed, so to speak, between her and her husband, that she worked and he worked, she had her bank account, he had his bank account, and it was agreed that they're both going to contribute to the household expenses. She would pay certain bills, he would pay certain bills. And that's the way it ran. For, for many years of, of the marriage, all the years effectively from when they got married. And then uh, when she got older, at some stage she made her, one of her sons a signatory on her bank account as well. And Achamev Esim, when she was Nifta, that, that son that remained the signator, he, so to speak, legally now is the remaining person on that account. And there are a number of Shailas in Halacha. The Shailas, first of all, how does Halacha look at a situation where a husband and wife might both have their own bank accounts, does that mean that what is in the wife's bank account actually belongs to her? The fact that a husband allows a wife to have money in a bank account, does that mean he's been moichlit, or just that he's allowing it to happen? But loved after, does that mean it's not his? Ha'or number one. Ha'or number two is even in Tim Saloma, that while they're married, that means that the money is hers to use. But what happens when it comes to Hilchus Yerusha? And this is a part which we're now going into, which we haven't really dealt with so much till now um, in, in the Yishayas. When it comes to Hilchus Yerusha, there's two completely separate halachas of entitlement that a husband has in his wife's estate. One is Nechse Muluk, which means assets which she owns during the marriage, whether she brings it into the marriage or gets it later. The husband is entitled to the payers of those assets if they're Nechse Muluk. Right? Payers, in theory, it could be invested and then and she gets the, 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 the she keeps the karen, the capital, the equity, but he gets the income that's produced from that capital. And second halacha, which is a completely different halacha, is Hilchas Yerusha. Hilchas Yerusha is the halacha that a husband inherits the wife. The husband is the primary inheritor of the wife. And in Hilchas Yerusha of a Baal, 
we find something which we don't find anywhere else in Hilchus Yerusha. A Baal has certain chumras and certain kulas, if you want to put it that way. A Baal has kulas that we're going to go into in a minute that he doesn't inherit what's called roy. He only inherits what's called muhsik. So money which, which she has, assets which she has, and then she's nifta and she owns it at the time when she's nifta, then he'll inherit it. What would happen, for example, if before she got married, she, she was owed money. Someone owed her money, she lent money to someone. Let's say it was a second marriage, right? There might have been, you know, a considerable loan outstanding, maybe from her first husband, the first husband might have passed on everything to, to his wife, and she's owed, let's say, £10,000 from someone, whatever, and the guy hasn't got the money, she can't, she can't collect the money. And she might be married forever long to her second husband, and then she's nifter. So now this person comes along, he's ready to pay the money. Who does he pay the money to? He pays the money to her husband, or he pays the money to her children. There, that's called Roy. The, the money, the debt is called Roy, it was owed, but it was never actually an asset that she had, even though you could sell a debt, we've mentioned this before, the fact that it's got a resale value doesn't mean it's necessarily called Mom and Ben, and therefore the husband will not inherit it in the same way that a Bechur, which we dealt with years ago, a Bechur doesn't get Pishnaim on what's called Roy, so, 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 uh, so too uh, Baal doesn't get Pishnaim on what's called Roy. So that... So we're going to see. That's exactly what we're going to get to, right? Um, so the money in the bank, essentially, is that? Money in the bank, potentially, is that? We're going to see how, how we... We've discussed this, the Gabi, of Hilchus Bechur, right? If a person's nifted with notes of all, and he leaves sons, a Bechur and other sons. So money in the bank, as we all know, some people have learned the hard way, and we've discussed number of Nafimun over the years, is not actually cash in a safety deposit box. It's a debt. The bank owes you money. It might be possibly more secure than some other uh, debt which is owed to you, one would like to think. Maybe it's backed up to a certain degree. But but um, it, it's a debt. And if it's a debt, there's a machlikas apoiskim, whether we look at that as muhsik or roi, that comes up more in normally than baal, but we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that. That is where a baal's zchus yurusha is weaker than other yurushim, on par with the bachur, but weaker than other yurushim. Where the Baal Susyusha comes on top of every Yerush that we know of is we've discussed many times before the options that a person has in writing the Tzavah Piyaloch in order to make sure that his Yerusha gets split primarily. It leaves something to pass naturally al but primarily gets split equally, let's say, between sons and daughters or a person 90% of the time uh, a husband wants to write that whoever's nifter first it goes to the surviving spouse and whoever's nifter second it gets divided equally so a person can write uh, a, um, a husband can write a tzavah in a way that works and we've discussed all the different ways over the years that it goes to his wife he leaves something to pass naturally to his sons and the rest goes to his wife and the sons who are the yoshim can do nothing about that because yoshim means you have a schus yurusha on whatever falls by yurusha if for example you do a matanum echaim and he'd give the whole house, or the whole property, or the whole bank account, or his whole estate, he'd gift it to his wife. Normally it wouldn't be done as a matona, because a person doesn't know, you know, how long they're still going to live, and they want to use those assets, so normally it would be done as a shtar, his chayvus. But wherever it's done, it can be done, because a yerush only gets what falls to him be yerusha. And if it's been given away before, or there's been his chayvus before, then that would affect what falls. Baal is different. A Baal's Yerush predates the Petira of his wife. A Baal's Yerush goes all the way back to the Chuppah. 
a Baal, a person who gets married to a woman, the husband has a right to inherit his wife in a way that once she's married, there's nothing she can do, she can do to prejudice that right. So if she would pick up, let's say she's got uh, a golden watch, right? And, and, and she now decides she wants to gift it to her daughter. And she doesn't tell her husband about it. And she gives it to her daughter. Achamev, I assume, the husband might not want to do that. He might not want to go down that route. But will be fully entitled to say, I'm sorry, but your mother didn't have a right to give that to you. Why? Because I was chus yerush, and she can't give away an asset from her estate. Because my chus yerush comes before anything else. Sorry? Yes, correct. Correct. He's, because again, in the lifetime, in theory he could, he could say, you're giving it away, but don't, you know, I've got a serious, so please, you know, give it back. But again, if he was worried, for example, that it was going to get spent by someone, he could do that. He could say, sorry, I want, you don't have a right to give it away. But I mean, without that, let's say it can't be spent and it's secure, can he say, would that apply to a sale as well? One second. Would he say what? Can he say, I don't want it to be by you? No, uh, again, you mean Michaim? No, because again, it's owned by her. Again, I'm not speaking at the moment. Maybe I just need to dial back and be, give a little caveat here. There's a shine in Halakha what happens with Matanus that Abal gives to his wife. Right? That is hers entirely. He's not got a schuspirus on those Matanus. But again, he can Yerush it. Sorry? But that doesn't mean he can't be Yerush it still. Right? That we're going to come on to. I'm saying there's two, again, two Halakhas. There's Nikhsim Ulug which is a husband's rights during the marriage to the Paris. And on that, that doesn't apply on the matonah that he gives his wife. Right? And then there's also a din Yerusha, which is Achamev which which prevents, in theory, her from being able to give away, distribute any assets that she has during the marriage. So that's what that's what we're going to get into now. So, I'm, I'm, I'm missing something here. Things which are hers, but he will be yours. Yeah. Why can she not give her away while she's still alive? Because that's, that's exactly the Nikuda, because the Baal Sus Yerusha carries a Shibud in her lifetime. From as opposed to, from Shas Chupa. Anything that she has, he has a Din Yerusha on, a Din Yerush on, during her lifetime, which we don't find mm-hmm. anywhere else in Hilchas Yerusha. It doesn't exist. A, a Yerush normally is a Yerush by name, but not a Yerush as an entity until the Ptir. But, but, so if, if, if she was worried that she's going to spend it or, or distribute it or elsewhere, then he could, so to speak, prevent that happening. Yeah, potentially. But again, if it was a gift which the husband gave to the wife, then she's allowed to let other people use it because he's got no superiors anymore. So it's a technical ground. But... but and, 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 and this, by the way, sorry? No, and if they get divorced before, so then what happens? No, then he loses his So he loses. He loses his he, he, he would have still. Correct, because she always owns the capital. Until Patira, she owns the capital, and he's got a, sh- a shibud on the capital. And now she goes away, so Correct. He, and he'll still would have been entitled to the periods that came about during the marriage, but not after the marriage. So uh, um, again, you're talking about uh, a Karen or Paris or a watch. 
the watch. So again, if the watch was a matana from him to her, <coughs> then it belongs to her. Right. Uh, uh, genuinely, if it's not something that he's going to get Paris from, then no, because there's no reason why he should. A Baal's only is If he's going to rent it out, the marshal, right, which would be unusual, right? And, and probably not good for Sean Bias, right? But that's a separate point. So, so uh, a Baal's only is to his wife's assets in the marriage is that he's got rights to the Shibudim, to, to, to the Paris that they can generate. If they're not going to generate Paris, then he's got no rights to them. Right? Now, now, here we have an interesting Shaila, because if a husband, we've discussed in the, in the last few Shurim, where a husband allows his wife, let's say, that she earns money and he allows it to go into her bank account. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he really is being making the money to her and it belongs to her to do with whatever she wants. He might let her do that. That doesn't mean necessarily that Imamish belongs to her. It might be that he's just easy to find he lets her use it. But again, we've discussed before, if she, especially if she's contributing to bills, then Spichlal not Simai Sudayat Mizunisayak, etc., etc. All of those shilas that we were talking about, were shayas which were specific to the din nichsimiluk. There were shayas which were specific to the husband's rights to the to the the peris, so to the ma'isyadayim, which is a separate halacha. There's ma'isyadayim and nichsimiluk and yerusha, three halachas. So the husband's entitled to his wife's ma'isyadayim, her income. If she works, he's entitled to her income because he's supporting her. If he is, if he isn't, we've discussed whether that means now it's all hers. Does he have to say something? Does she have to say something? Fine, we discussed that. Then there's the Nixim Luk, and then there's Yerusha. But even all her earnings, imagine a wife uh, uh, works her whole married life and doesn't use any of the money. She's saving up for some big rainy day. And the money's accumulating in a bank account. And then she writes a will. And she writes in that will that this money from that bank account, her husband might be a wealthy man, or, or either way, whatever, this money is to go to her daughter, who's always her favorite. Right? And now, Achimev Esim, they take out the will, and the will says, right, this money is to go to her daughter. Her husband's entitled to turn out and say, awfully sorry, it doesn't. It doesn't. She doesn't have a right to give it to you. It's mine. I'm the Yerush. Now this halacha is the primary halacha which we've discussed uh, quite a few times. When it comes to a second marriage, this is the red flag that, that people need to be aware of when it comes to a second marriage. Because... Again, whatever she's left with at the time of Patira, he again she won't be able to give that away, Machaim. He might allow to, it was money that he gave her to spend on her. But she but he thought that she's spending it. Meanwhile she was putting it away. Right. Can can he you know, is it Mukha? I mean Moshal Ma this is a separate shiner we once had, which again I'm I'm not answering your question yet, but just to, had, had this many years ago, if a person is entitled to spend a certain amount of money on hotels, for those of you who are old enough to remember, people used to travel for work and stay in hotels and other things, and, uh, uh, you know, if they're given a, a money, a budget that they can use for staying in hotels, and they go and stay at a friend, are they allowed to take that money for themselves? Stump. Right. right, which is which is an interesting, Shaila, and I think different companies have different policies. But some of them, Shaila, if you haven't got where to stay, I'm prepared to. I, I know you can't sleep in the street, so we're gonna have to put you up in a hotel. We'll pay for the hotel, but we're not giving you this money for you to then take your family on holiday. You know, six months later, this, this is an expense. If there's an expense, 
So yeah, at the end of the day, you're better off to stay in the hotel because why not? But 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 here as well, if a husband gives his wife money, well, he says that this is correct, you oh, can say, about the hotel. Yes. So again, you would say no. This is what you give him to do. If he's willing, you know, give him meal to go to rest. If you rather fast to take that money to do something else. So, so on, on, so on your particular marshal is a very good one to show why it's not correct. Because actually, if I care, I don't want him fasting. When he's traveling for work, I want him eating and I want okay, him to be able so to work properly. That's I'm saying that's something I'm willing for his comfort to give it to him. I'm, I'm happy to give it to him. So now he says, you gave me, thank you. I'd rather not have it and do something so, else. So, that, so again, in many cases, if you speak to the companies, they're not giving it to you and thank you. They're saying, we will cover the expense that you have. If you don't have an expense, then we're not giving you the money. We're not looking to spend that money. We're not a gift. At the end of the day, that money comes off our bill. We know that there's a certain expenses that might be incurred in order to generate this profit. So if they're incurred, they're incurred. If they're not incurred, they're not incurred. Excellent. Why is it then a chaser? They're losing their money. No, but said he would be entitled to go and stay in the hotel. So, yeah. so if they would have lose that money anyhow, they would use that money if, if they have to lose that money. If you have right, to spend money, the fact that he would can find another way around it does no. not mean that they are worse off. It means that he's benefited. Without their suffering, it depends what the expense policy says. I'm saying it depends how they structure it. You can't decide mina stum that, that that you have entitlement to use their funds. If, if, if the company's policy is that they only refund expenses to to, to receipts, let's say. Yes, you say what? No, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm only bringing that up because I'm touching on your point. If a husband says, if my wife needs to spend money on, on, on clothes, for example, on uh, welfare, whatever it is, then I'm prepared to give that money in order to whichever. But but I'm not giving her my money that she could keep in a bank account. Nice to her, and, I'm, and this is why I'm giving her for, for that standard. That that's, I'm happy for her to use her. If she's on, she but if she doesn't get that benefit, who says? If she doesn't get that benefit, who says? Imagine, let me have a different case. Imagine that parents are supporting children. Right? Imagine that parents are supporting children and they give them X amount because they think that's what they need, X amount to live. And the children save from that money. And the parents' intention was, we're giving you what you need to live. You know, if you got that, if you got that money to save, maybe I'd rather save it. No, no, no. They needed that money and the person said, I'm going to buy a safer. Instead of this, I'm not going to eat. I'm, I'm going to just eat spaghetti the whole week. I'm not going to have meat. The father was saying, I'm giving you, I wanted you to live nicely. But you're not living nicely. Sorry? But you're not. What, what, who's you're that? saving. You forget. So, so who says I'm Muslim to them? You know what? If so there's an ability to save, maybe I'd rather save. So you're not a Suffolk. I'm going to say the Khalil. No, the Khalil, you're not allowed to do it. I'm saying, with a can you do it? You're talking about if you do it and you might have done wrong afterwards, can you get it back off you? The can you do it? It's not so possible. The father gave it to him Again, if he gives it to him, stumbles a gift back a shop, he says, I don't know what it costs you to live, so tell me what it costs to live. And this is what it costs to live, and then all of a sudden they decide, actually, we can work out a way that it's cheaper to live, and we'll save some of the money. To do that without Rishus, I don't know if it's so posh. Don't ask the parents in the room. The camera's pointing only at me, you don't need to worry. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's posh. I know plenty of parents who, in the current circumstances, can't save a penny, because they're using all the money they have to support their kids. Mechtis, the kids have a right to save and the parents aren't saving? I don't know. I understand that. You'll go to... There'll be extreme situation. But I'm saying, in a case like this, would you not say, I'm waiting to make a way right now? I'm waiting to make a way afterwards. It's not going to... Afterwards, in your case, by Yerusha. 
In your case, that no. the, now the, 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 no. oh, the so, wife so, gave it to the child. So it's coming to your it's coming to what you're saying. There's two steps. One step is the Khachilakin she now therefore saved that money instead of using it. Right? Shaila number one. But even if she can save it, it's her money. And her husband Yarshans his wife whatever his wife owns at the time of Patir. It hasn't. She gave him a tongue, I said. She'd give it away. So she, she so she's not allowed to give away those assets. No, she's not allowed to give away those assets. She can't. Because it, because Achamir Mesim, he'll have a right. She can use them for herself, right? But, but whatever she owns, she can't gift away because then it's Meshubba to him. If she needs it to buy food, then he lets her buy food with it, that's fine. But to, to gift it away, that's not, that's not, that's not her own use. A married woman with, without a shush from her husband, again, certain husbands, you know, give, so to speak, their wives more, more of a free reign, and they're okay with that. But in principle, without a shush, no. So, so what's the umdana? In, in, I mean, things have changed because if you otherwise, almost every woman would be over the neighbor every day. So Terry says, they go to a shop. They didn't call the husband, can't buy it. For sure. Correct. So they give. So, so they, there's a certain understanding, uh, uh, and the husbands allow a certain amount. How far does it go? Maybe it depends on each marriage. So you're right. That in theory, if a husband allows it, he allows it. And if, if you know, but but etzem, if he, if it was never discussed, right? we we mentioned the shaila a couple of months ago. Um, I changed a few details, not many in the shaila. Where it was a second marriage, and the the um, the wife had money from the first marriage, and she turns around and, and she asked her husband to to um, lend it to her son, who needed it for a business venture, and the husband, her second husband, said to the son, "Listen here, your wife, your your, your mother said that I mean lend it to you. I'm not mechuyim to lend it to you. There's a few hundred thousand pounds here. I'm a bal. I'm entitled to the parents. I can invest this money and make a return." So if you want me to, to, to invest it with you, I'll do that. But then we're going to agree a return. We're going to write out to Isco, And I'm entitled to the funds. And that was agreed. Afterwards, the mother found out, of course, the son hasn't paid back the funds. And now he turns around and says, well, all that money that I paid you in Isco should come off the capital. And the wife turns around with Tainas. Chutzpah, I never gave you a shush to, to invest my money with it. Well, I don't need your shush, but Etzim. Again, there's halachan and the shalom bias. Is it sensible to take your, a wife's money and, and, and invest it instead of lend it? You're going to get yourself in trouble. But but etzem min adin, he's entitled to the perus. But now it's asking a different halachan. Now it's asking a chasirusha. So just to, to, to come, tie up that, that loop, just in case it, it wasn't clear. So in a second marriage, if a husband, first husband is nifta and everything, and he leaves everything, alpi din, alpi law, etc., to his wife, as opposed to his children, as is normally done, and then she gets remarried without writing any shtar siluk prior to the marriage during the chuppah, etc. Then now he's the, and if she's nifta first, he will inherit everything. And if he's nifta, his kids will end up walking away with the other, you know, the, the other man's estate. And there's nothing that can be done once they're married unless the husband is prepared to write a shtar. And what type of shtar is really complicated? Ideally, the shtar is meant to be written before he's married. But if, if that doesn't happen because whoever's involved at the time doesn't realize or think about it, then, then that's a problem. And I've discussed with you cases where the second husband is no longer with it. So, so you can't even get him to Aishta anymore. So finish, Fafalam, there's nothing can be done. If she's Nifta first, everything will go to him. And when he's Nifta, everything will go to his kids. And the other kids will lost their whole father's estate.
So that's because Hilchus Yerusha cannot be undone. So, so even, even if this wife in the second marriage has an, has a tzavol, where she says, after I'm nifta, something should go to my husband, but the rest should go to, to, uh, um, my kids, nothing's not chal. Because his schus yerusha trumps it all. Why does she have one from the first marriage? Because the first husband, normally most people of, of a normal size estate, unless it's very large, will say that whoever's nifta first it goes to the remaining spouse, and then whoever's nifta next it goes to the children. So if there's no, no if there's no tzavah, I'll go to the bonim, and she'll be entitled to be supported, but she won't own the asset. She doesn't get anything. If no tzavah, she doesn't get anything. anything. Again, in most cases nowadays, the marital home will be in joint name. That means legally she already owns half, right? And depending how it's done, joint tenancy, tenancy in common, it could be automatically the whole house will go to her without coming to you know from a legal point of view. But does this make a difference to Yes. Yes, I think so. Yes, because if you buy something in a vehicle which says that whoever's in the, the, the way that the lawyers have explained joint tenancy is similar to the Ran's explanation for Shutus, the Ran in the Dorm, which is that the Ran explains in Shutus that each Shutuf owns 100%. Right? Each Shutuf, so to speak, they're both here holding 100%. That's why in, in, when one Shutuf says, you're not allowed to have a no from, from my half of the land, so right now I'm using, then you're using, which we, 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 we all own but you want to say we all own half of every molecule or we all own 100% of every molecule. Different ways to understand shutters. Bakaponim, joint tenancy means that we both own 100%. You have to pay inheritance. One, one second, I don't give tax advice. Right, but, but, uh, no, they don't. There's, there's no inheritance on that. There's no probate on that. It's automatic. Because it's nothing to do with Correct. Correct. On the house. In any case, yeah. But, but No, if it's joint tenancy, I'm not convinced. Joint tenancy doesn't fall within Yerusha. It's got nothing to do with probate. If a property is owned in joint tenancy, or to, I don't think there'll be inheritance tax. As long as you inheritance, this is not called going. They owned in Mechaim joint tenancy. Sorry, I'm saying if let's say a father and a son owns a house in joint tenancy, I don't think it's anything to do with inheritance. So, so that's what I'm saying. That if it's it's been acquired in a vehicle. Where the, the gedorm of the vehicle are that we both own it now 100%, and whoever's nifta automatically, they're the only per, the binum left on the on, on the on the item. So whether you want to say alpi dinner machusadina, whether you want to say alpi situmta, or whether you want to say alpi kinyonim, that was the way it was purchased. Yeah, but if that's how we learn shutus, right? Not that's not ever not everyone learns shutus. Somebody who doesn't think about this and he gets so, and he thinks uh, you know alpi this is our I live alpi so I, I've, do, I've done this in a, I've done this in, in, in an exercise just to emphasize your point. I, I, I've done this in, in, in a shiv with I don't know close to a hundred people and asked them um, if, if how many of them know whether their house is owned in joint tenancy or tenancy in common. I'm not going to try it now, but how many of them actually know that it's, whether it's in joint tenancy or tenancy in common? Most of them don't have a clue. But at the time, the lawyer will normally ask, by the way, this, you know, this is the normal way to do it, joint tenancy. Again, so what you're asking is, if people don't even realize at the time, then make a taste of What do you mean? Possibly the lawyer would have explained to them two options. One would hope. Maybe not to the wife. But, 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 sorry? Maybe not to the wife. It's very, it's 
very likely that uh, the husband was... That doesn't matter. Property, that doesn't matter. And then he just gave the paper and said, just sign here. That doesn't matter, because if the husband was purchasing this, being Koina property in joint tenancy, and he knows what that means, so he's being Zoycha for her, this Tchus. He's not being Koina from himself. He's going being Koina from a third party for himself and his wife in such a form. Put it this way. Here I can throw back at Yom Yitzvah Anyone who's going to try and get that house off the, off the wife is coming to Moitzi from a Muxik. She's Mamish a Muxik. And the land registry, this belongs to 100%. Right? So you're going to try and be Moitzi off her. I don't know of any bodies in him that would be Moitzi, the marital home, off a wife in such a case. If it's another investment property, we've discussed that before, there might be other reasons why it's purchased in such a way, etc., etc., and therefore it might not be a ride that actually belonged to her. That's a, that's a whole different, a whole different schmooze. Right? Now, so everyone can go now and check whether their house is held in joint tenancy or tenancy in common. That can be homework before what's next the, year. What's the difference Tenancy in common is Schutfus Classic 101. Husband owns 50%, wife owns 50%. So, for example, if the husband's nifter, whoever inherits his estate will get 50% of the house. And she's left only the other 50% of the house. Tenancy in co- joint tenancy has got nothing, doesn't go into the estate. It's not his to leave over Yerusha, legal Yerusha. Whoever, both people are owning it, they both own 100%. If only one's left, that one owns 100%. You never really have joint tenancy in a regular It would be unusual. It would be highly irregular. Normally, it would be highly irregular to be in joint tenancy. Yeah. By the way, some some cases, actually, a husband and wife dafka buy in tenancy in common because they're worried about Bali right. Now The husband wants to protect the half of it goes is his wife's no matter what and his chavis won't affect it. So it depends on, you know, circumstances, etc. Where is this it's on the land registry, yeah. Everyone can go home now. And, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Shkayot, to be continued. Is it a land registry?